This is the Kitzer of the first Sikha of Hanukkah and Chelik Tezvav on page 366. The Rabbi discusses here the Nusuch of Aneres Halalu, where we say the three Lashainis. In the beginning we say, And then when it comes to the conclusion of Aneres Halalu, so there we use a different order. So the obvious question here is, why the change in the order of these three Lashainis? You have salvation, miracles, and wonders, and there should be a reason why the order is changed. So Bechlal, when you look at Aneris Halalu, which is being said after you light Aneris Hanukkah, so simply you would think that the mitzvah of lighting Aneris Hanukkah is coming to commemorate the nest that happened with the oil in the Beis Hamikdash. However, it's clear that it's not so, because since we say, Chuais, Nisim and Eflois, which includes not only the nest of Pachashem, which was one miracle, but it includes much more. And it's written in a plural term regarding each one of them. So it definitely includes all the miracles that happened, not only the nest of the Pachashemen, but also the nest of the victory that the Yidin had in the war when they were fighting the Yivanim. And therefore, when we light the Menaida, it comes to commemorate all the different types of Nisim that happened in that time. And this explains why, even though the night of Hanukkah, we don't mention uh, Al Nisim like we do during the day. Uh, by night, might have, it's only a Rishos, you're not obligated, and also in the, in the, when you eat, you're not obligated to eat pasta, you have to bench and say Allah Nisim, we only light the Menaida, so we all, at night, that would mean that we only commemorate the nest of the oil in the Besamikdash, but the other part of the story, major part of the story, the nest of Nitzachan al-Muhammad, seems to not be at all mentioned at night when we light the Menaida. And this is unlike Purim, where we read in Megillah, the whole story of Purim, by day and by night. But the truth is that even at night when we light the Menorah and then we say Aneda Salalu, we're lighting the Menorah and are thanking the Eibishter not only for the nest of the Pacha Shemen, but it's also when you light Nedis, Bechlal, it's a way of thanking the Eibishter for all the Nisim that happened. And that's what we mentioned here, all the Nisim of Chuais, Nisim and Eflois. So the point of the explanation of what these three Lushainis are and its change of order from the beginning of Aneris Alolo and the end of Aneris Alolo is that in the beginning we're mentioning the order of the way it unfolded in the time when the nest actually happened. Whereas in the end of the Nusach, we mention the order in the way a person praises the Evishta today. The first thing is you praise for Chuais, or that is again, first you praise for Nisecha, and then you come to praise for Nifla Yisecha, and even more so for Yeshua Yisecha. And the explanation here is as follows. What is the difference between these three expressions of Chuais, Nisim, and Eflois? Chuais is when there's a salvation within the laws of nature. Even when you have a fight between two, that each one has similar power, but the fact that one is victorious is a salvation of the help of the Eivishter, because the other one could have been victorious. And Ness is when you have an open miracle that totally breaks the laws of nature, when you have someone that's fighting you that's infinitely stronger than you. Neflois is something which is sort of in between. When you have something that happens which is unusual, unexpected, it's a wonder, but it's not something that's openly breaking the laws of nature. That's the concept of Neflois, and you see the Alter Rebbe uses this expression of Hifli Hashem Lasis Baretz regarding his redemption, which happened through natural means, but yet it was a totally unexpected release and there were many unusual things that happened. So therefore over here, if you look at the, at the history of what happened then, by the Xadis and the story of Neshanakeh, it happened in the order of first Shuais, and then Nisim, and then the Flois. 
In the beginning, when the Yavanim came in that entire Tisral, and Matasyao and his children were living in a place called Midian, so then the Yavanim tried to come and bring a Dover Acher on a Mizbeach. So they fought off the Yavanim, but that was something where they were sort of equal. There wasn't a fight where they had a huge army against them, and the fact that the Yidin were able to fight them was a, on the level of choice, where they definitely had the Avish salvation, but it wasn't an open miracle. Then later Antiyech sent in a massive army and they had to fight this army. And here, as we say, the Nitzachan of the Yidin was totally supernatural. And that's the second point we mentioned, the, the, the Nisim. And then after the Nitzachan al-Muhammad, when Yidin come into the base of Mikdosh and they discovered the jug of oil, even though the Mivanim were metama, all of the uh, oil in the Heichal, so this was not an open miracle. And if someone wants to argue and say that this was natural, that they found it, you could, especially because it was hidden underground. So we understand why the Yavanim did not make a tummy. But nevertheless, it was something that was unusual, that, that there should be oil on the ground and they should be able to find it. So this is the Neflois that happened. And then following this, so that's the last point that we mentioned, the Neflois, the Neflois, Al Neflois. And then following this, of course, there was the ness of the fact that it burned for eight days, and that's already included in the Nisim that we mentioned before, but we mentioned Nisim earlier because there, there already were Nisim before by the Nitzachan al-Muhammad when they fought against the massive army of Antiochus. So that's the explanation of the order that we say in the beginning, in the order of the way it happened then by the ness of Hanukkah. However, now, when we come to thank the Ebishter, today, so what's the first thing a person thanks the Ebishter? It's very easy to notice it comes from the Ebishter. A miracle, an open miracle that you clearly see it comes from the Ebishter. Then when a Yid thinks even deeper, he sees that even things that happen, that are unexpected, that are unusual, he notices that it comes from the Ebishter and you don't mistake it for nature. And then eventually a Yid comes to thank and realize that even those things that seem to be within nature, but nevertheless it's really all above nature and it's the Ebishter, Lashem Yeshua, the Ebishter is the one that's bringing this and therefore you thank the Ebishter even for Yeshua Yisecha. That's the order here. And even more so to thank the Ebishter for Yeshua Yisecha. A deeper point here is the Chlal Bayidin Everything that happens to them, even within nature, is not nature. It's all Nisim. In Welt Bechlal, there's a concept of nature. Because there's a level of Lekos that's the source for nature, and there's the level of Lekos that's the source for miracles. By Yidin, even things that are within nature come from that level of Lekos that's above nature. There's a Lavush of, of a lower level of Lekos, there's a Lavush of nature, but really it all is miracles above nature. And that's why Chazal tell us, when a Yid plants, it's a, it's a Muna in the Ebishter, and that's why he plants. Nature does not take any place by a Yid. He knows that it's all a miracle that comes from the Ebishter himself. That's the life of a Yid Bechlal in this world. However, here you have three levels. You have Nisim that break nature completely. Then you have Nisim that we called before Neflois that come into nature, but you can see that it's something that's unusual. And then you have nature itself. Then you have things that are mamish within Teva. Chassidus tells us that the lower down it comes into nature, it's not actually less of a miracle, it's an actually higher miracle. It comes from a higher place. When you have a level of a miracle that comes from a level of gilui, of a certain aspect of Hashem's existence that's revealed and expressed in one way, that can't penetrate nature. It can't coexist with nature. It has to be revealed and has to break nature. And that's the, that's the first level of Nisecha that we mention here. Then when it comes to a level that's above being confined to, to Gilui, to Revelation, it's able to integrate into nature to some extent. So that's the concept of Nefla Yisecha. 
But then you have something that's even greater. When you have the revelation that comes actually from the very essence of the Eivishter himself, and it's not defined in any way. Helim, gili, concealment, or revelation, and therefore it gets fully integrated within nature itself. That's from the highest source, that's the essence of the Eivishter. And those are the three things that we're mentioning here, and we're going from lower to higher. We begin to, we say, we thank the Eivishter. The first thing is the level of giluyim, which is an open miracle that we can see. And then we go even further to a level of revelation that's above Giluyim and therefore it could enter into nature to some extent. And then we come to thank the very essence of the Eibishter, L'Shimcha HaGadol, and that is through the Yeshua Secha, seeing and knowing that even within nature itself, it's really a miracle and this comes from the very essence of the Eibishter.